Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I want to start off in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6. And the word of God says the following. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up, say it again with me, stir up the gift of faith, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I repeat it again. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is already in you through the laying of my hands. See, the word stir up come from a Greek word, which is anadzupuro. And well, you look at this word, anadzupuro, it's actually formed out of three different Greek words. So just bear with me a little bit. I know it's, it's a little bit awkward, right, to hear a word that you're not very familiar with, anadzupuro. So this word comes from three Greek words. Can you say with me three Greek words? One of them is ana, the other one is Zeus, and the other one is per. Okay, the word Anna carries the idea, say with me, of repeating, of repeating an earlier action or doing something again. Say with me, it means to do something again. The word Suze means to be enthusiastic, to be fervent, to be passionate and to be vigorous. And I believe this morning we have a lot of passionate people in the house of God, vigorous people for God, amen, in this place. So it means to be enthusiastic, to be fervent, to be passionate, to be vigorous. And I love this other one, it says to be wholehearted. Amen, you don't give yourself halfway, but you give yourself wholeheartedly, amen, to the spirit of God. And the last one is purr. And I know when you, when you think of purr, automatically it comes to your mind, a kitty purring, right? A kitten purring and you're like, purr. Well, that sounds like a cat, but anyways, right? So, so they purr and, and that comes to mind, but really this word means fire. Can you say with me, fire? And see, in ancient Greek, Fire was a life-giving force. Fire meant a lot to these ancient communities and ancient civilizations because fire was so important back then and even until this day. So one of the ways that they use fire is to keep their homes warm, nice and warm, okay? They kept their, their themselves warm whenever it was cold outside. It used to, it was, the fire was used in matters related to divine and supernatural. And it was used as a force to defeat the enemies. Listen, fire was central, was very important to their life, and it was considered absolutely necessary for one's existence. In fact, listen to this, human life is unsustainable. Say with me, it's unsustainable without the fire. See, and when you see these three Greek words that all of a sudden are compounded, they're put together, you see anadzupuro, and the very same word that Paul used in, first, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he said, stir up. Say it with me again, stir up. So when he was saying that, he was literally saying, hey, Timothy, I need you to stir up. I need you to rekindle. I need you to reignite the fire that is in the inside of you. And let me tell you, I've read this verse for so many years 
And sometimes we just read the word of God just to read it, right? But there comes a time in your Christian walk, in your maturity, in Christ, where all of a sudden you read the word and you read to study the word and you start learning and you start evolving. And I would read it and I even had it memorized. And then all of a sudden, one day, I decided to ask myself, okay, so why, why is Paul, the apostle Paul, telling Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in the inside of you, right? So, so we quote it, we use it for youth conferences. But when I heard that, I was like, why? Why is he saying to Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift that is in the inside of you? And see, it implies that the fire in Timothy's heart had reduced to embers, and embers are small pieces of burning coal that are surrounded by a dying fire. So can you imagine Timothy, right? He had the fire and the passion of God, and one day Paul noticed something different in the inside of Timothy. And see, when someone is on fire for God, you can see it right away by the way they worship, by the way they talk, by the way they begin to release certain words and all of a sudden you see people that talk more about God than talk more about other people. Amen? The, the, the people that are on fire for God criticize a lot less because they're talking more about the word and they're edifying and they're building and they're constructing something. Amen? And let me tell you, when someone is on fire for God, you're able to see it in the way they speak, in the way they talk, in the way they bless other people. They no longer talk about the negativity that lives or, or lies on the other person, but now they're focusing on a God that changes and transforms the lives of every single one of us today and even future people that are yet to come. Amen. So when someone is on fire, you can see it right away. You don't need them to tell, to tell you, I'm on fire. Baby, you see it whenever they start releasing the word of God. Whenever you're going through a difficult time, and you go to that person that's on fire for God, and what do they tell you? They tell you, hey, let's pray. Hey, hey let's get, what, what does the word of God say? Let's pray, let's stand on his promises. Let's stand on what the Lord is saying for you and for me. And see, those are the type of people that we need around us and surrounding us, people that are on fire. And when I say on fire, I don't mean for you to light up a match and burn yourself alive, no. When I say we need to be on fire, I am saying that we need to be consumed by the presence and power of the living God. So Timothy receives these words from Paul and he tells him, stir up the fire, stir up the gift that is in the inside of you. And, and that is the reason Paul told Timothy, he begins to tell him, hey, ignite that fire. And I wanna imagine why did Paul see Timothy so on fire for God, and then all of a sudden, he stopped praising the way that he was praising before. He, started, he stopped shouting the way that he was shouting for. He stopped singing, Jaira, and going all crazy. And, and one day you noticed that there was a, he noticed that there was a difference in the life of Timothy. And see, Timothy was going through a whole bunch of different things. He was going through a season of hardship, maybe, a season of problems around him, surrounding him. 
And Paul encouraged him. And it was so, so amazing because on our way to Eagle Pass, my wife was reading to me how many times Paul had to encourage Timothy. And it's recorded in the Bible that it's over about 25 times that he had to encourage Timothy. And Timothy, let me tell you, was a man of God. Timothy was a man of God that had great responsibility within the church. But it's so important, guys, listen to me. It's so important that you surround yourself with mentors like Paul. With mentors that carry the fire, that carry the hunger, that carry the desire to see the Lord move in the lives of other people and in the lives of our own selves and our communities and our families. See, when you come around with the people that have the fire of God, they're able to encourage you when you feel like you can't move and advance forward anymore. There's something that happens when you start having pause inside of your lives because when you think you can't go anymore, when you think that you're not enough, you have the paws that are on fire for God that will tell you, hey, get back up. You need to get to work. You need to begin to do something. And see, in my life, I have been blessed right now to have a man of God that is there that tells me, you know what? You can do it. You know what? We're going to do this together. And let me tell you something that makes a difference. That, that makes a great difference because you understand that you are not alone. You understand that the Lord has divinely sent someone in order for you to not be stagnant and stuck in one place. Amen? Say with me, I'm so blessed to have people that love God around me. I, I'm so blessed. And even if it seems that you don't have them right now, begin to prophesy and say, I am so blessed to have people that love God around me. Because let me tell you, we're all here. It's because we have people around us that someone told us about the love of God. Amen? So th th then we see that Timothy's heart was reduced to embers. It, the fire around him was dying down, but there were still little coals that were burning on fire for the Lord and in the inside of his being. And that is the reason why Paul begins to speak to Timothy and begins to tell him that he has to add fuel. He has to stoke, he has to stir up the gift of God inside of his life. Paul was telling Timothy that just as one would add fuel or coal to the embers of a fire, it was time for this young minister, listen to me young people, it is time for the younger minister to take action. Listen to me older people. Amen. It is time for us to take action. And that's exactly what this mentor, what this spiritual father was telling Timothy. Hey, he was telling him, hey, I'm commanding you to begin to take action. Don't depend on your pastor taking action no more. You take action. Don't depend on anything else. And Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, I've trained you. I've showed you the word. But Timothy, I prayed for you for a, 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 such a long time already. And now Paul was telling him, baby, now it's your turn. Now you have to grow up. Now you have to mature. Now you have to learn how to begin to act the coals and the fuel so that the fire inside of your life would burn in such a radical way. Paul was commanding Timothy to reach inside of himself and begin to rekindle and reignite the fire of God in the inside of his heart. At the time that Paul wrote to Timothy, 
This young man was surrounded by chaos and confusion because of the intense persecution that was taking place at that time. His friends, his mentors were dying because they were preaching the word of God. And although they knew the consequences of preaching the word of God, they decided to stand up for the truth. They decided to stand up for what was right in the midst of chaos, in the midst of no one else believing the message that they had, but they knew they had encountered a God. They knew they had seen a God that walked on earth and was healing people, was transforming lives, was literally raising up the paralytics, was literally healing the people that had leprosy, the people that couldn't be included. God began to heal them and include them. And see, that's what Jesus did inside of our lives. We had spiritual leprosy. We were outside. We were separated from everyone else. And see, one day Jesus came and he said, I'm going to make you part of the spiritual family my father has. And every single one of you today are sons and daughters of God because of that sacrifice that he did in the cross of Calvary. See, Timothy needed to literally open the door of his heart and begin to look inside to determine the condition of his inward fire. He needed to open up and see in the inside of him and begin to see, hey, where are you standing? Where are you standing right now? And many times in our lives, we're gonna have to come to that point where we look inwardly and we say, God, what is it that I need to change in my life? Because we're so good at looking at other people and what other people need to change and the failure that the other person has and the mistakes of the other people. But sometimes, or not sometimes, all the time, we need to look back and examine ourselves. God, what can I better? God, what can I improve in? God, where am I, am I needing to be changed, transformed, and renewed? You need to look in the inside of you and ask yourself from time to time, Lord, am I really and truly on fire for you lord am i really and truly in love with your holy spirit because you see the holy spirit lives in the inside of us the word of god declares that we are the temple of the holy spirit you are the house and he abides in the inside of you but see in marriage uh, we've known several married couples or a lot of married couples that at times struggle they're in the same household together but even though they're in the same household together and they are married it seems that they have no relationship you have someone sleeping in one room and someone sleeping in the other room you have someone sleeping on one side of the bed and the other person sleeping on the other side of the bed and although they're married and although they're living under the same roof it seems that they have no relationship and you begin to question and you say oh I don't think they love me anymore after the 10 children that I gave them they don't love me anymore is it because I'm fat now and you begin to question and you begin to say, oh man, they don't love me. And the man, my wife doesn't love me anymore. Is it because my muscles faded? What happened? Right? What happened? And you begin to question your relationship. And see, in the spiritual realm, we have the Holy Spirit in the inside of us. And we question our relationship with the Father. We question whether he truly loves us. 
We question whether we are enough for God. See, yesterday I received a text from someone that was helping us. We had a, a, a fellowship and we were out in the park having a blast. And this young man messages me and he said, Pastor, I hope I did enough for you. I hope I did enough for you. And sometimes we feel the same way towards God. We said, God, I hope I did enough for you, enough for you to love me, enough for you to bless me. I hope I did enough for you, Lord, so that I would be in good standing with you. But see, God loves us, and God loves us with such a passionate and intimate love that he has, and all he wants is you with your mess-ups and with your, with, with, with your really, really bad mistakes, but God loves you, and he's intensely in love with you, and that's why God, the word of Ezekiel mentions that God is half splendor and half fire. So what does that mean? That we are built and made in the image of God, yes or no? So in our lives, there has to be splendor. And in our lives, there has to be fire. Say with me, fire. Amen. There has to be fire in our lives. The zeal, the fervency, the passion it has to be inside of our lives. And you know why over everything else is that because God chose you, knowing how messed up you were, he still said, I love you. Knowing how messed up you were, God said, you know what? I've chosen you. I made you a royal priesthood. I made you a holy nation. You are my people and you cannot depend. Listen, you cannot depend on someone else to do the stoking and the stirring for you because the Lord wants an individual relationship with you. Amen. With you. He, he doesn't, listen, he wants a relationship so connected, so strong between you and him that although you're living in the same household, although you're sleeping in the same bed, there's a togetherness. And a lot of the times, husbands, wives, you ask yourselves, I don't think they love me anymore. But what changed? What changed? Remember when you were going out with them, the love notes, the roses, the chocolates, the baby, I can't sleep until, uh, until you hang up first. <laughs> baby, I can't live without you. There was such a, a passion, amen? There was such a, I, I can't live without you. And now you wanna send them to the other room or to the other house or to the other neighbor. I don't want you to get away. And what changed? What changed? What changed? The attitude, the relationship, the intimacy, the, the details, the, the love notes, the roses, the chocolates. And let me tell you something. If you've never done anything like that before, start doing it. And you're going to see the big difference. You're going to start seeing, Pastor Brian, amen. Amen. You're going to start seeing the big difference. Amen. And see, because you were in this mindset, oh, they don't love me anymore. But begin to rekindle, begin to work, begin to be intentional with what you're doing. And that applies not only with your spouse, but that applies with God as well. 
Amen. Whenever you begin serving God, whenever you begin going and giving God your time and, and your, your serving skills and you go and you say, God, I can't do much, but guess what? God, I can sing or God, I can't do much, but I can go bless a family. God, I can't do much, but the little that I know how to do or what to do, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Trust me, that's going to ignite a fire in the inside of you. You have to consistently stir up the embers, the coals that are burning in the inside of you and fuel that fire so that you would remain a burning inferno for Jesus Christ. See, when, when, when you're cooking meat or you're cooking chicken outside on the grill, you begin to get ready and say, okay, I need one bag or two bags of coals and, and I have this amount of meat or this amount of chicken, so this is gonna last me for about an hour, half an hour, and you begin to do all these different calculations, right? Some of you guys are pro. I don't need calculations. Two bags, three bags, vámonos. Yeah? And see, but you realize that when you see that the coals begin to die down, the fire begins to die down, and you have a lot more chicken to cook, a lot more meat to cook, you're like, oh man, I need to add some more, right? When you see that something is dying, you say, when the fire is dying, you say, you know what, I need to add more. And that's what we all need in our spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. When you see that your spiritual life isn't as ablaze or passionate for the kingdom of God anymore, you have to see on the inside of you and say, you know what, something's not right. I need to change. I, I, I need to add more fuel. I need to add more coal. And see, uh, what would the world be without the fire? What would the world look like if we didn't have fire around us? Let me tell you that we would be in a very primitive type of ordeal the moment we lose the fire. Why? Because without fire, humankind would only, would only literally have the moon and the stars at night that would light up the path. We wouldn't have absolutely anything else but the moon and the stars as a light source at night. And for early humans, fire was essential to extend the day. In order for them to have more time, they had to ignite the fire and, and they would take up uh, the antorchas. Como se dicen antorchas? The what? The lanterns, they would take the lanterns at night and all of a sudden they would go and they would extend and have a little bit more time during the nighttime. So the fire was essential. In order to provide uh, heat, they needed the fire. In order to fight off the predators and the insects, say with me, they needed the fire. In order for them to illuminate the dark places and facilitate the kicking experience, say with me, they needed the fire. So long before gas and electricity were invented, people totally depended on fire for light, for heat, and for survival. And without the fire, there is no light in the dark, no heat in the winter, no cooking of meat and baking of bread, and basically no civilization. The discovery of fire was one of the greatest discoveries ever made in humanity, and we can't imagine life without fire. See, can you imagine not having an oven? No cabrito, no brisket, no nada. Amen. Without the fire, we couldn't do nothing. So fire was also used, say when the fire was used to create tools and to create weapons. 
and the energy produced by fire was essentially also used for constructing buildings. They, they used the fire to begin to shape the metal and for them to begin building buildings and, and begin to make the machines that they used. Even the technology that we have nowadays, we need the fire in order to have the technology that we have. Why? Because in order to have the technology, the fire needs to be turned on. There's the wires that, that we have in our cell phones or in other different devices that were shaped by the fire. And without that fire, we wouldn't have the technology that we have nowadays. Are you guys with me? See, if we remove the fire from the world, life would be similar to living in the moon. There would be no electricity. There would be no warmth. There would be no cooked food, no shelter, no agriculture, and technology would never progress without the fire. Without fire, say with me, without fire. We have nothing. Fire must have, we must have it for survival. We need fire, say with me, for development. We need the fire of God for progress. And likewise, we have to have the spiritual fire and we have to move forward in the advancement of God's kingdoms and purposes here on earth today. And one of the things that I was looking into, a preacher called John Wesley, he was the leader of the Methodist church and listen to what John Wesley said. John Wesley said something very powerful. He said, my fear is not that our great movement known as the Methodist will eventually cease to exist or that one day it will die out from the earth. Listen to what John Wesley said. He said, my fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, the power, the excitement, and the supernatural element that makes us great. He wasn't scared of the Methodists being completely removed. He was scared that the passion, the fire, the fervency inside of the church would die out. And he said, you know what? We need to rise up men and women that would be passionate for serving the Lord. And you can see it in the book of Acts where this movement all of a sudden arose after the Holy Spirit came and the fire was dropped over them. Listen, they went to the whole nations. Fire was released the movement of the glory of God was released to the nations to the entire world because of a one group that decided to say yes here I am so in Del Rio we started having prayers at at 5 a.m. in the morning on Saturdays and on Tuesdays and through those prayer times the Lord has been revealing a lot of things and one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about he said we need people that would be on fire he said, we need people that would have the encounter with the fire of my spirit. He said, I only need one person that would be on fire. One person. And he began to speak to me about Moses. And now Moses had an encounter with the fire of God. And he said, once I moved with my fire in the heart of Moses, liberty came. People were starting to get set free. Miracles, signs, and wonders started to be released because of one person that said yes to the Lord, because of one person who decided to follow the Lord in the midst of, uh, of chaos, in the midst where he thought that his world was upside down because Moses was in the palace. Moses was literally the son of Pharaoh, adopted son of Pharaoh. 
and he was there and he had it all. He had the education, he had the palace, he had the privilege, he had the most amazing things and one day because of a mistake, he was cut out of all those blessings, went into the desert, suffered and became a pastor. Pastoring the sheep, pastoring the animals. So can you imagine going from having something to having nothing? Have you ever felt that way? You've had it all, but then one day you messed up, you screwed up, and you said, I'm not worthy anymore. I don't feel like my life has purpose anymore. I've already messed up one time, two times, three times, four times, but see, one of the things that I love is God sought the heart of Moses. He looked for him in the desert, in the dry place. And let me tell you, I come today as a man of God to tell you that the Holy Spirit of God, that Jesus has not forgotten about you. The Father is thinking about you. And the moment that he saw Moses, listen, the moment that he saw Moses in the desert place, in a place of dryness, in a place of hopelessness, he said, he needs an encounter with my fire. He needs an encounter with my spirit. He needs an encounter with me. And all of a sudden, God, in his form of fire, showed up, encountered Moses. And from there, the walk of Moses started being different. In order for you to change, you need to begin to draw closer to that fire of God. A lot of people say, I won't go until I change. But God is telling you, I'm going and I'm going to change you. And you're going to come. Amen, because that is the heart of God. And see, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, the Apostle Paul tells us, quench not the spirit, quench not the spirit. And since Paul told us not to quench the spirit, it means that the Holy Spirit can be quenched, which we don't want to do. But what does the word quench mean? In this verse, he's telling you, don't quench the Holy Spirit. See, the word quench is to extinguish, to suppress, or to douse, to put a liquid over it, to put it out. And it is most often used in the context of extinguishing a fire. Amen. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not turn off the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's there, but Paul is telling, is telling us, hey, don't quench him. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. And in some places, it means to evaporate or to dry, dry up. There's no doubt about what Paul is trying to tell us. He is saying that if we ignore the Holy Spirit's voice long enough and often enough, eventually we will become spiritually hardened. And we will no longer be able to hear him when he does try to speak to us. And see, a lot of people call, that the, they call it the conscious, right? When you're doing something bad, what happens? You have a voice inside of you, a feeling inside of you that tells you, hey, that's wrong. You're not supposed to be doing that, amen? And you feel the conviction from the Holy Spirit that comes into your life. And Paul is, is saying in 1 Thessalonians, he's saying, hey, do not quench the Spirit when he's talking to you. When he's there and he's telling you, hey, be careful, don't do this. He's saying, pay attention to the Holy Spirit because he's guiding you, because he's leading you. See, Pastor Brian can't always be there with you and tell you, hey, 
but the Holy Spirit is always there with you. And he's telling you, hey, listen to my voice. I want to guide you, and I want to put you in a place of blessing where streams of abundance flow, where the waters of my spirit are constantly there. But he's saying, do not quench the, the, the voice of my Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen to the Holy Spirit. And, and the terrible tragedy that we have nowadays is that it's all happening within the church, whether Christians realize it or not. If they make a practice of hardening themselves to the Holy Spirit's voice, they separate themselves from the life-giving power of the gospel. So tell your neighbor, do not ignore. Do not ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit because the moment you do that, you're separating yourself from the life-giving power of the gospel, the power, the life that flows from the word of God. All of a sudden, it seems to cease. In your life, the fire begins to die down. Why? Because we're quenching. We're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sit with me. I need to listen more. Whenever he's speaking, don't allow the voice of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit in the inside of you. The fire is a power. The fire is a presence of God. Do not dampen the voice of God. Do not dampen the voice of the Holy Spirit whenever he speaks through the word, whenever he speaks into your life. Do not dampen it and see when you have a campfire and, and you begin to throw water at it, what happens? A fire starts dampening. It starts going down and all of a sudden, if you put just enough water, the fire will die. So tell your neighbor, I will not let you turn off my fire. Tell him, I will not let you turn off my fire. I will not let you. See, let me encourage you to never allow cold water to be thrown on the flames of your heart. Never allow criticism criticism to allow you to turn off the, the passion that you have in the inside of you. Don't ever allow the negative comments to tell you, you know what, you can't do it, you won't do it. The fire of God in the inside of your heart will say, you know what, even though you tell me it's not possible, even if you tell me that I can't do it, there's a fire shut up in my bones and the spirit of the living God is telling me that it's possible. And if God said it, God will do it. Amen. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what the naysayers are speaking against you. If the Lord said he will reach your entire family, although it seems impossible, if the word of God declares that if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, our families will be saved. Amen. So we have to grab a hold to that word. We have to stand firm and believe that our family is coming. Not because someone else said it, but because the word of God says it. Amen. Don't, don't quench the fire that is in the inside of you. See, when you adopt the attitude that you're going to start fueling your fire consistently and you're utilizing that to the fullest, uh, uh, you're utilizing all the fuels that God has given you, the fire's gonna start burning to a whole next level. And see, how many of you guys wanna be on fire? I, I have uh, so many points, but I'm gonna go really quick to one point. If you wanna be on fire for God, all you have to do is turn on a fire a physical fire and jump in it. <laughs> Some of y'all were gonna say amen, right? <laughs> no, listen, if you wanna be spiritually on fire, 
one of the things that we have to do, we must do in order to be spiritually on fire is to consistently intake the word of God. Pastor, but I don't understand the word of God. It's so difficult. It's so hard. Have you guys been there? Yeah? See, you've been there, but see, thank God we have so many different translations of the word of God. A lot of them. And if you don't understand it with one translation, go to the other translation and the other translation. And eventually, if you begin to compare the translations, you're going to begin to understand and you're going to begin to grow. And if you begin to listen to the word of God, it's going to begin to fuel the fire that is inside of your spirit. And see, in fact, one of the clearest evidence that a believer is on fire for Jesus Christ is his or her undeniable and unquenchable appetite for the word of God they begin to go into the word of God and they say you know what what is God saying about this circumstance I have a a cousin that is such a dreamer and a lot of people when they have dreams uh, especially prophetic people but that you have dreams and you start asking God what does this mean and this person always goes to the Bible and she has her, her concordance, a big old book, or, or through, through Google, she types out concordance, and then she looks up absolutely everything that she saw in her dream or, or one specific thing that got, called out her attention, and she goes in there. And see, a lot of people, when you have a dream, what do you do? This isn't the people inside here, but the people outside there, when they have a dream, Google, what does it mean? I, I had a dream that my teeth fell. Oh, alguien se va a morir. Someone's going to die. Eh, eh, that, that's what Google is telling you. But see, when you go into the word of God, you get a different perspective. Amen? The word of God starts speaking into your life, and it tells you, and it reveals to you. So listen, tell your neighbor, you need to go deeper into the word of God. If you don't understand it, get, get close to pause. Get close to, to the paws that are around you, people that love the word of God. Get close to them. Get close to the leaders. Get close to the people that, that understand the word a little bit better and tell them, hey, can, can we sit down? Can we study the word of God? Can, can we get together and, and I'll get some ideas from here, from you, and then the other one has something else to say. And listen, when we get together to study the word of God, it causes something in the inside of us. When they preach to you, uh, very powerful message, all of a sudden it starts making sense. And and you say, wow, like I never saw it that way. Has that happened to you? I've never saw it that way. I've never heard it this way before. And see that something happens when the word of God is being spoken. It changes our lives. It begins to convict our spirits. Like for example, when you have unforgiveness inside of your heart and all of a sudden you're there and you're mad and you're upset and that day you decided to open up your Bible like you do every single day. You open up your Bible and it lands right on the verse that says, those who don't forgive will not be forgiven. Lie of the devil. Has that happened to you? You're going through something and then you open up the word of God and all of a sudden God speaks through the word or speaks through a preaching of the word of God and you're like, oh, why am I listening to this right now? And God begins to convict your heart and you're like, God, do I really have to forgive them? And God is like, yes. Okay, God, I'll do it in a year. Do it now. Amen, do it now. And see, God speaks to us through the word. And the word is like a mirror 
that is there set before us. And sometimes when you look at yourself in the mirror, reality hits, right? Reality hits. And you're like, this is truly the way that I look like. And that's the word of God. When you read it, it begins to tell you the condition of your heart. Whenever you read the word of God, the fire of his word begins to expose the things that were hidden in darkness and the light of the word, the fire of the light of the word begins to release into you the truth of what needs to be changed and what needs to be transformed. You remember um, in the word of God, Emmaus, remind me again, Emmaus, right? In, in the road of Emmaus, there were two disciples and those disciples all of a sudden had a man appeared and that man was actually Jesus but the spirit of God blinded their eyes so that they wouldn't see Jesus for who he really is. So when they saw him, they just saw a normal man. And they were walking on the road, and Jesus comes up to them. They didn't know it was Jesus. But the moment he started speaking to them, he started speaking to them about the word of God and about his identity in the word. And while they heard them, it really impressed upon their hearts that something was coming out of the words of that man. And all of a sudden, the scales from their eyes fell. They saw Jesus for who he really was. And then he disappeared. They started talking between each other and they said, hey, that's crazy. Did you feel, I, I, I knew it must have been Jesus because you know what? When he was talking, I felt a fire inside of my heart. I, I felt uh, something stirring within me and I already knew it was Jesus and they didn't. I felt the fire when he was talking and see that's what the word of God does it confronts you and see the fire will not always be something nice the fire sometimes will burn the fire will sometimes make you feel uncomfortable but when the fire of the living word of God is spoken inside of your heart it brings change and it brings transformation amen if you can stand to your feet amen we, we need the fire now more than ever, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of whatever things that we're going through, we need to be like Paul's telling the Timothys, stir up the fire. And if you felt the fire of God being quenched inside of your life, if you feel like you haven't been serving the way that you were serving before, I tell you and I come as a man of God, as a voice of God today to tell you reignite rekindle the fire it is now your responsibility see paul was telling timothy rekindle reignite the fire now it's your turn now you have to go to the word of god and when you feel that that fire in the inside of you is burning out it's turning off you have to go into the word of god and be reminded of the promises that he made for you and about you and about your family and about the people that are around you if you can lift up your hands right now. <clears throat> you feel like you lost your fervency for the Lord, for the kingdom, your passion. God's going to restore it today. If you don't know what that is, to have passion or fervency to serve the Lord, you're going to experiment it today inside of your life. The fire is rekindling. The fire is reigniting again inside of your lives. I pray for a passionate people, Lord, in this place, a fervent people, a people that would know you, 
that would know your presence, that would know your essence in spirit and in truth. Come on, just worship the Lord right there. Just worship him. And say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. 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 Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn again. Let the fire burn again. Let the fire, let the fire burn. Begin to cry out to him. Say, God, change me. Transform me. Renew me. Renew my spirit. There's people here. Oh, Karebo Satarabaseya. They're fire. They're fire. The enemy wanted to put it out. The enemy wanted to turn it off completely. But the Holy Spirit is having mercy on you. And he's rekindling that fire. If you're a person that wants to rekindle and wants to have the fire of God burning so furiously and passionately in the inside of them, I want you to come up here. And it's a, it's a, step, a step of faith. But come up here if you want that fire rekindled. If you want that fire to serve the Lord, if you want that fire to keep moving forward, come up here. I want to pray over you. There's going to be an impartation from the Holy Spirit. If you want to serve the Lord with such a passion, if you want to serve the Lord without any putting any excuses, I want you to come up here. I want to bless your life, and I want to pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to just come, to come over you. To come over your life. Holy Spirit, thank you. Father, you only need one. But here, Lord, you have more than one that are gathered in your name that believe for a movement to begin to happen. Father, we are believing for a movement of God in this region. We are believing for a movement of God in this region, Lord, that your fire would begin to stir in the hearts of men and the hearts of women and the hearts of young men and young women. And, and, and Father God, even the children will be filled with the fire of God, Lord. But right now, it starts with one person. And these people, God, that came up, Lord, I'm praying over them a release of your fire. I'm praying over them, Lord, a release of your Holy Spirit, God. Begin to rekindle. Begin to reignite, Lord, the passion. Begin to reignite, Lord, the passion inside of your people, Lord, begin to arise. The Moses, God, begin to arise, God. The people that will serve you, that will serve you in spirit and in truth and humbleness. Come on, just begin to stir up. Begin to stir up. It's your, it's your need to stir up the gift of God in the inside of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.